Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome. I'm Mike Gary, your host for the Whistleblower Report military segment. I'm here today with two guests, Lieutenant Colonel John Cheek and Lieutenant Mark Bashaw. So we are going to be discussing some of the recent revelations around the masks. Oh, yes, those masks. The masks that are EUA products that have been totally misused and forced upon people. So I want to uh, first thank uh, the Truth for Health Foundation donors. We really appreciate all your funds that you've uh, sent over to us, and we put them to wise use, helping support our military personnel that have needed uh, legal defense funds. And we thank you for that, donors. So right out of the gate, I want to uh, say for all of us here that uh, none of us are representatives or acting as representatives of the part, the Department of Defense tonight. So we are expressing our own thoughts and our own opinions on this show today. However, a lot of us do have professional experience that do relate directly to the medical and safety effects. So for myself, uh, Major Mike Gary, I'm a Seaburn officer with 25 years total service. I have 15 years of hazmat technician experience. Uh, so this is a subject that's very near and dear uh, to my heart, uh, as I have uh, experience uh, wearing the M40 gas mask, the M53 gas mask, SCBA self-contained breathing apparatus, and BG4 rebreathers. So the C-burn uh, is, stands for chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear. So I'm a C-burn officer. I deal with all those nasty threats. And like I was saying before, PPE is in my backyard. That is what I deal with or what I used to deal with all the time. And as we've seen, uh, the surgical mask, the standard blue mask and the N95 mask, uh, shouldn't be forced on people to wear hours on end like we've seen misused over the last three years as all those previous masks that I listed, you don't wear them for hours on end if you don't have to. And, and for the most part, a lot of them have a, uh, a limited amount of time because they're based off the oxygen or, or supplied air. Uh, so anyway, this is going to be fun. It's funny that we're in a time now that uh, these things were so forced on people and you got in such big trouble or to the fact that some people lost their jobs for not wearing masks or taking shots. And at, you know, just, just in such a short time, now these authorities, these same authorities that would fire you uh, over not wearing a mask are actually admitting that the mask has done harm. Who would have thought of that? Finally, the common sense overlay is being applied here. And now we're in a moment of recognition that we actually did way more harm, way more harm than good by the tyrannical uh, tyrannical measures that we took and the things that uh, have broken best practices, um, you know, that we've learned over decades, possibly hundreds of years to in dealing with uh, you know, uh, pandemics or, or viruses or bacterias. So it's kind of funny the moment we're in, we're actually getting live admissions of, of wrongdoings uh, as it goes with these uh, measures. So first of all, I'd like to <clears throat> introduce um, Lieutenant General John Cheek. And John, could you uh, give the audience a brief uh, summary of who you are and what you do, used to do in the military? 
Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on you know, again, Mike. I mean, it's great to be here too with a, another Patriot, uh, Mark Bashaw. You know, which uh, we we I was there for his court martial back in uh, last year. In fact, it was his day one. Um, you know, so my background, I'm I'm almost uh, served 18 and a half years. I've had a, a wide range of, of being an artillery officer, logistics officer, and a strategic planner. So I had kind of a wide range of. Uh, of jobs, skills, and experiences. Um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of a brief, uh, you know, brief background or, or what I've, you know, kind of experienced, you know, in the Army, have, you know, served across the globe. Um, I mean, you know, a lot of good experiences, you know, some not so good experiences, but, you know, I mean, really the last, last three years has been trying for all of us. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. And next, I've got uh, Lieutenant Mark Bashaw. I should say that these are my guests tonight, but these two have also uh, hosted before and co-hosted. So they're very uh, familiar with uh, all the shows. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, uh, Mike. Uh, Lieutenant Mark Bashaw here. Um, one year ago, John mentioned it, one year ago today, I was court-martialed for refusing to participate with the emergency use uh, mask, the experimental weaponized masking. And um, sorry, I got, I got kids in the background here, you know, uh, wife, wife and uh, kids, full family in this house. So a little background noise. I apologize for that, but um, yeah. So I dealt with a court martial and convicted in a court martial and went on to receive no punishment uh which was which was interesting and then the com uh the judge recommended the commanding general to drop uh everything in which the commanding general used the conviction as justification or means for officer elimination but i am still here and still fighting and still rebutting appealing and uh requesting redress for these unlawful attacks against me and my family well thank you mark appreciate it and uh so for the audience out there what we'd like to start with is you know some of us have put up some legendary battles as it goes to against these mandates which were unlawful and uh so john has a unique story as his wife was pregnant during this period and he's done a show before on it, but through his, uh, through their battle, his wife and him dealing with hospital appointments and, and they're being very adamant. They're not going to put a mask on his pregnant wife. Uh, they also uh, found a way forward to actually help people, um, you know, that work for the hospitals and other places to, to actually get relief from these mandates. So, John, would you uh, give us some of the recent ongoings uh, in your battle, but how it actually provided relief and help for others? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we've had a unique uh, circumstance. It's one, one of those uh, amazing experiences where, you know, God really reached out, you know, to Judy, my wife, and, you know, kind of helped shape, you know, and guide her. Uh, to you know, go seek you know an appointment at uh, you know at a hospital in in this area. I mean, I'm stationed DC, uh, so she she set up an appointment. Uh, we needed it for an out of institution birth. Uh, she she arrived on the fifth of uh, December, and was you know greeted at the door because uh, she wasn't putting a mask on, and we had a. And, uh, you know, senior NCO who stopped her and, you know, what she immediately did is communicated, I'm exercising my legal right to refuse an unlicensed medical product, a medical device, you know, so I don't have to wear this and I refuse to wear it because I, I'm legally allowed, you know, allowed to, you know, to do this. Um, I mean, bottom line, she went back and forth. She even presented the laws and, and the emergency use authorization letters, the language, and, and all, of, all of this in hard form and explained multiple times what they're doing was on, is and was and still is unlawful. Um, and you know, bottom line, she was denied uh, you know, entry. And, and this is something for, you know, for listeners is you have to also be willing to be refused care and she and so she uh, like clearly stated, you know, to, even the security guards who were very uncomfortable because I mean they're they're looking at her like she is very visibly pregnant. She was 36 weeks at this point in you know December of 2022. 
Uh, so she stated several times. So to be clear, I mean, you've never elevated her voice. You know, I mean, very respectful, but also, you know, showing like what you're doing is unlawful. So I, I, I want to understand. So you were denying me care. You're denying me entry into this facility. And, you know, of course they said yes. And she's like, okay. So what she did was then go back and then she basically got all the vested parties, immediately put together, you know, an initial complaint, you know, and said, you know, on this date, you know, the, the individual listed, you know, denied me care and denied me entry into this facility. You know, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, filing a formal complaint. And, you know, so what, uh, so over the next like couple of days, you know, she, I mean, <laughs> she just, I mean, she put this thing together and walked this thing in 18 pages worth of walking the laws all the way down to the emergency use authorization letters, the significance, you know, the actual masks that, that were available that aren't even emergency use authorized, which by, you know, so even the, even the mask they were offering her was just a three fly mask meaning it's not even a medical device. It just looks like one, um, and which means it's also not licensed. Um, and so she laid all this out. She, you know, she went back and forth with the Defense Health Agency, uh, you know, Policy Division, Inspector General, um, and as well as like the hospital resolutions team. So, I mean, this had to be back and forth conversation. And within the, the, con the, the contents of you know, the letters, we also advocated for the employees because so many employees, this is where have to have a little bit of empathy with, uh, I mean, it is very hard at times because I know like I've lost two relatives as a res I mean, as a result of this in early 2020, uh, both of them being isolated um, by very questionable protocols and policies. So, I mean, it, it's, so rather than, I mean, so we, we still you know, keep a lot of these employees in mind because most of them, I mean, they're caught in the middle and they feel like there's not much they can do anyways. So we also advocate for them as well, as well as, you know, educate them on what the laws and the actual letters actually say. And when you show it to people, nobody really has ever been able to refute it. And, and these letters have to be looked at by multiple legal teams, you know, so that's also worth noting is you have to be able to go back and forth with all this, lay it out in, in great depth. I mean, which, you know, there's no short way to do this. But once you, and also people are more willing to help when they understand that, oh, you're actually, this could help me too. It's, I mean, mo I think I speak for most. Most people don't like just sitting around all day in a mask and, and the hospitals and medical facilities, especially in the Department of Defense have been doing that a lot longer than everyone else because you know, the mythical community transmission levels you know, that was like, you know, it, di it didn't matter. You know, it was like, if you're in a medical facility, you gotta wear a mask, no, no matter what. And, you, and, you know, it's like no one wanted to listen that, that you know, they're not even licensed, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I accept all liability. So that's another thing Judy, you know, had laid out too, is if I wear this mask, there's a good chance I could asphyxiate, you know, and fall back and you know, like you know, bust my head wide open and have neurological problems. And guess what? If I'm using like an emergency use authorized mask, I accept all the risk and you're like, I can't even, you know, come at y'all with a lawsuit um, because I'm using an unlicensed medical product with full liability immunity. I mean, and, you know, even like when you, you discuss the liabilities with everyone, it, you know, and the liabilities come from 42 United States Code, Section 247, you know, D is in Delta, you know, dash six, you know, Delta. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, if you actually have time to read that, I mean, that's where you can see everyone but you, the individual is protected. So we, we have to explain this to so many people. So bottom line is, you know, back and forth for like, you know, roughly 30 days. So she's practically 40 weeks pregnant now. And, and uh, you know, the, the hospital finally got directed to, you know, figure out a way to see us. And, you know, so we were able to go in, like both she and I unmasked on, you know, January the 1st. So it's kind of symbolic. And, and, and my observations with, you know, we were very respectful of all the people in the hospital. And it was, it, and the interesting observation is so, so many were actually very curious. They were curious and kind of, like hopeful and giddy uh, you know I mean I, I use that term it's because it, it's, it's they're just looking at us I mean even as I said you know hey happy new year to the janitor it's like this wait what you just acknowledge my exit I mean it's the the look of them was um you know so you know that they're just as you can tell they're just miserable but seeing people unmasked is just uh I mean it was it's like a sign of hope you know for the turn of the new year and then Still kind of, you know, so they saw us, they saw us again, you know, immediately after birth. We actually recorded a show the day before with a Dr. Vleet the day before <laughs> Judy actually gave birth at home. 
And then we, you know, went back to the hospital. We went in uh, the, the back entrance, uh, maskless again. And then we still, you know, had a couple of things to close out. And then early March, we noticed hospitals in this area uh, started rolling back their mask mandates for all, I mean, including employees. And one of the doctors we'd, uh, you know, made a good connection with, uh, I mean, you know, it was very, I mean, like you could hear her excitement even through text. It's like, you know, I think you know, said something, something to the effect of like, it's like a whole new world here. I mean, because you finally have broken this bond, uh, this bondage that has like basically, you know, subsumed so many of us and, you know, caused, I mean, caused such great harm and misery. Uh, but watching hospitals across the Department of Defense roll back, the significance is, I know we at least had a part of it. I'm not going to ever say it was all you know, us, but it. I noticed DHA policy never ever acknowledged that uh, you know they had those letters, um, but IG did because they had to. Um, but I, I I know because the words used in a lot of hospitals is they now show masks are optional. I can't even count the amount of times you know we we pointed out you always have the option to accept or refuse unlicensed medical you know products. So I mean that that's kind of the story. I I mean you know in a in a nutshell. But I mean it was a very involved you know back and forth fight. I mean and so really what I I would offer you know just anyone listening it's you I mean you you it, you are more than within your power to actually be able to do this at your level. You just have to be willing to get denied care provided it's not like seriously life threatening urgent. Um, and you can go back and forth, but also you can advocate for those that, you know, could appear to be your adversary too. Um, you know, it goes a long way to educate and advocate uh, and while doing, you know, basically a substantive legal crosswalk with all of this. You don't have to be a lawyer. You need an eighth grade reading, you know, in comprehension level and just a basic understanding that the laws, you know, we never even argue studies. I know we're going to cover that later, but I mean, you show that the gold standard, you know, the gold standard people of the FDA even start out knowing and fully knowing that they're putting these unlicensed products in, saying that the manufacturer can't advertise that it's safe or effective, that it doesn't stop like airborne particulates and, uh, you know, pathogens, which, you know, through aerosol procedures and, and just aerosol particles. Well, for listeners, that means exhaling and inhaling. We, every time you exhale, you're exhaling, uh, you know, aerosol particles. So you're already openly stating this stuff doesn't work. And yet all the policies were built that you just got to do it just because. So it, it was actually, it, it's very, very, um, I guess, you know, hopeful and encouraging that I'm seeing a lot of, you know, these hospitals roll back. And I'm also seeing it like in my home state of North Carolina too, because I had a similar issue helping my mother through uh, being denied care. And pretty quickly, once we laid it out, same thing, they started rolling their policies back at the state level. So it's, it's been just, it's humbling, but amazing to watch. And the the, the only downside is it took this long for people to start waking up, but um, I'm seeing a lot more openness to openness to all of this, because I, I mean, three years is too long for this stuff. And, you know, and, and we're given at least giving hope to, you know, th those others by also helping the employees out as well, as well as, you know, all of us. So it's, um, I mean, that's kind of, a, you know, our, our situation in a, about a 10 minute, you know, summary. Well, that's awesome, John. So where we, some of us were seen as defiant, we're actually seen as good guys now, almost like Robin Hood type characters. Uh, sparing those uh, last fringe corners that are stuck wearing the mask and freeing them from their slavery in it. So that's awesome. That's a, that's what needs to be done here is uh, be respectful and show the laws and actually help people in understanding what their what their you know legal rights are. Mark, do you have any um, reactions to um, John's story that you'd like to share? No, I, I think it's empowering. I think it's an empowering story where, you know, everybody has the ability to take a stand one way or another, and no stand is bigger than the next. Uh, they're all critically important. So uh, anything anybody can do to educate anybody at the laws, the the laws that uh, must be followed to have, you know, good order and discipline, but um no, it's it's empowering individuals to give them the knowledge and the understanding and then and then go forth. I had a similar experience at a hospital where uh, I had an, a mandatory appointment. I show up with 
a neck gaiter on and uh you know they refused me care and told me to leave and so i left and then i was ordered to go back to the same appointment the next day in which i wore the same neck gaiter and for whatever reason magically same personnel there as well magically they they all of a sudden were okay with my neck gaiter and and let me go through so it was just uh that was a it was a demonstration of the hypocrisy and the insanity um of the medical system and it's truly truly never was about medical it was about tyrannical compliance with these with these products these weaponized products against the people yeah truly um so for the audience out there as i stated earlier on uh 15 years in the seaburn can biorad nuclear and hazmat technician field so part of my job was being a ppe expert sorry for all the acronyms uh personal protective equipment for the, those civilians out there uh, i'm sure everybody knows that acronym right now after being uh kind of uh, forced to follow the uh, surgical mask and almost everywhere you went for the last two years or three years, whatever it is, uh, for, for various places around the country. So the funny thing is, I'd like to tell the audience here, I did uh, a little experiment with the uh, makeshift masks and the standard surgical masks. Every John reminded me that, um, that every time I saw a box most of them said not for medical use. I would always spin the box around so people could see. Sometimes I would highlight and circle not for medical use, right? So the little experiment I did one time, uh, I took these makeshift masks and uh, the surgi standard surgical mask, and I took my five gas meter. So a five gas meter, um, which it, it's also called a, a uh, PID, photo ionizing detector. Uh, so hazmat teams, firefighters, and, um, you know, there might be some other professions that use them. They usually are tracking for lower explosive limits. So for, you know, firefighters, explosive limits, uh, sewer gas, hydrogen sulfide, and then oxygen is a big one on there. Um, and volatile organic compounds. So there's the five gases for anybody that cares but oxygen's on there right so you want to know if you're in an oxygen deficient atmosphere if you especially if you're going inside a building or a confined space so what i did was most of these masks are meant for short-term use right because they get sweaty nasty and wet and you're after you wear them over 30 minutes you're prone to put your fingers on your mask which is bad which is a total bad uh, hazmat technician uh, violation. You don't put your hands to your face. Okay, so then therefore you wouldn't wear something that would make you do that. Okay, so like you're overwearing these masks for instead of minutes on end, hours on end. Okay, so the, the with the standard surgical mask, I discovered that within five seconds, that little space between your nose, mouth, and the mask actually becomes oxygen deficient. So the first part of everybody's breath, minutes on end, hours on end, is actually deficient of oxygen. And there's OSHA regulation written against this. There's a confined space regulation, which I have in front of me, which I'm well aware of because I worked in confined spaces. But uh, an oxygen deficient atmosphere is anything below 19.5% oxygen volume, Okay. I got readings down into, even with the surgical mask, down into the 17% oxygen. And, and if it was uh, N95, it would get down to 15%, which does mean you will develop signs and symptoms rather quickly, like headaches, uh, brain fog, uh, forgetfulness, tiredness, right? And you'll develop those fast. Um, so the OSHA regulation, uh, 1910 TAC 134, paragraph uh, delta, uh, it says, all oxygen deficient atmospheres shall be considered IDLH, immediately dangerous to uh, life and health. Okay, so oxygen deficient atmospheres are IDLH, all right, which is below 19.5%. And that 
is what happens when you wear a mask on end. Granted, it's just a small space uh, between your face and your mask, right? But you're doing it for hours. I always would worry about the old ladies in the grocery stores working, but the cash registers, hours on end, wearing these, wearing these, hurting themselves. And it was just so sad. So that's why John's story is a real success story, uh, actually finally putting this thing to an end. And now everybody's dealing with the fallout of what they did to themselves. You know, carbonic acid builds up in the body and, you know, the kidneys and the liver have to deal with this, Uh, you know, or you could take the mask off and just breathe normally. And with, like I said earlier, these wet masks, you're just collecting germs. This is why the medical profession never did this before, but we did it this time. So anyway... When we uh, come back from the break, we're going to talk about this new uh, acronym. <laughs> Sorry, audience, for the, all these acronyms. It's called MISE, Mask-Induced Exhaustion Syndrome. Uh, so I've got a good article that I'm going to cover. Uh, who who would have thought we'd have a new syndrome out of all the mask wearing? But we're going to talk about, like I said, we we didn't barely get through this when everybody's discovering and backtracking that this was dangerous. So we'll talk about that when we come back. But uh, what what I'd like the audience to do or the listeners to do, if you get a chance, check out our website at www.truthforhealth.org. That's truth, F-O-R, health.org. And uh, check out the resources that we got there. We've got COVID treatment guides and we have COVID vaccine injury treatment guides. Uh, We have a lot of uh, faith and fear seminar uh, information there. We have a lot of ministry information and constitutional right information that you can check out on that website. So a lot of helpful hints and stuff. Uh, And it doesn't look like this stuff's going away anytime soon. So check that out when you get a chance. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the second half of our show, the whistleblower report. And this is the military segment for the Truth for Health Foundation. And I'm Mike Gary, and I've got here uh, Lieutenant Colonel John Cheek and Lieutenant Mark Bashaw. And uh, yeah, we've been talking about the rolling back, the recent revelations around the masks and how they're falling all apart here. And it's funny uh, that we're in the time we're in, you know, where some people are still being punished for not wearing them, but yet most authorities are starting to admit that they did the wrong thing here. I have this uh, Epoch Times article, and it's called Masks Cause Headaches, Itching, and Lower Oxygen Intake Study. So it's written by Naveen Athropoli uh, on April 9th, 2023. And I was just going to read for you out there, the audience, um, a few paragraphs here. And it's kind of funny what's uh, being revealed. I'll start in here. It says, A systematic review of 2,168 studies that looked into the adverse effects of wearing masks during the COVID-19 pandemic has found that the practice led to negative health consequences, including itching, headaches, and restriction of oxygen. It's a quote. It says, we found significant effects in both medical, surgical, and N95 masks with A greater impact of the second, said the review, published in the Frontiers in Public Health on April 5th. A meta-analysis of multiple studies found that headache was the most frequent symptom among mask wearers with a prevalence of 62% for general mask use and up to 70% when using N95 masks. Shortness of breath was observed at 33% for general mask use and 37% among N95 users. While 17% of surgical mask wearers uh, experience itching, this number was at 51% among users of the N95. Acne prevalence 
among mask users was at 38% and skin irritation was at 36%. Dizziness was found to be prevalent among 5% of subjects. Masks interfered with O2 uptake and CO2 release and comprised, um, and comprised respiratory com uh, compensation, the review said. Uh, though evaluated wearing durations are shorter than daily prolonged use, outcomes independently validated mask-induced exhaustion syndrome, MISE, and downstream psyometabolic uh, dysfunctions, MISE can have long-term clinical consequences, especially for vulnerable groups, which would be like in the first half, John talking about his wife, Judy. The restriction of oxygen uptake and hindrance in carbon dioxide release was identified as more significant among users of N95 masks. Continuous rebreathing of carbon dioxide results in the right shift of hemoglobin-O2 saturation curve. Okay, since O2 and CO2 homostasis influences diverse downstream metabolic processes, Corresponding changes towards clinically concerned directions may lead to unfavorable consequences such as transient hypoxemia and hypercarbia, increased breath uh, humidity and body temperature along with uh, compromised physiological compensations, etc. Almost done here. The review also said that several mass-related symptoms may have been misinterpreted as symptoms of long COVID. In any case, the possible mise contrasts with the WHO definition of health. It said referring to the, the, uh, to the World Health Organization. So anyway, uh, this, that article pretty much, everything we said in the first half of the show pretty much validated everything we talked about. Uh, John or Mark, do you have any uh, responses? Yeah, I mean, that, that went... Um... That went into very a lot of detail for 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 what we knew a while ago from just common sense that these masks weren't weren't working and uh, that they're not good for you. And the basic concept is your body needs oxygen; it doesn't need carbon dioxide. And then we could have easily just looked at which we did looked at the case rates, the quote unquote case rates of these infections and how they weren't going down after uh, the first uh, couple weeks of of this initiation of weaponized mass protocols around basically the globe and so yeah where has my question is where was the common sense um in our medical community you know, it was, you know, I, I get it that there's a lot of people that wait for these studies and need a study, a peer-reviewed study to point at and stand upon. But uh, God did give us, uh, you know, discernment and uh, common sense. So applying that initially early on, which a lot of people did and saw this for what it was, a straight up attack on on the people and their rights and their way of life. Uh, so that's my thoughts on on this. Hey, J John, do you have anything to add? I mean, that must have validated every every action your wife and you did. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it gets back to understanding the liabilities, you know, aspect, you know, uh, you know. So, I mean, uh, you know, we further explain, you know, to uh, you know various members, uh, you know, the the masks really come in three major categories. You know, one is this we've discussed the surgical masks would have which actually have a uh, like a surgical mask emergency use authorization letter those letters represent the binding contract between the regulators the food and drug administration and the regulated a mask manufacturer it's always worth noting that you know granting an emergency use authorization both the regulator and the regulated are completely immune from all liability which means you as the individual always accept all the risk for any type of loss category two so uh, you know category one surgical mask under emergency use authorization category two blanket uh, you know emergency use authorization for face masks 
of note, that emergency use authorization letter, which is a legally binding contract, you know, states that, you know, anything in that category is not considered, you know, basically personal protective equipment. It's just considered a face covering and should not, is not recommended for use in healthcare professional settings, which interesting because that's mostly who would enforce masks of those types. And then you have a category, you know, three, everything else. So I always use like, you know, your favorite NFL sports team. So whatever that is, I mean, I, I, I dug up one just, you know, out of curiosity, doing Amazon shopping. This is how pathetic we've gotten where, you know, I, I will go look up masks on, you know, Amazon and various sites and just do like you did. Look, it already says it's not a medical device. If it's not a medical device, there's no way it could legally and, and realistically provide any sort of protection. You know, so that you get your favorite NFL sports team and some of them will actually, you know, say openly, like, I mean, I'll, I'll read, you know, one, you know, just, just to give you an idea of like what it says. So this is a product disclaimer. So this is why if anyone ever argues it's about safety and effectiveness, it's 100% patently false. I mean, so this face covering, you know, is not a medical device, is not intended to be personal protective equipment and should not be used by healthcare professionals or used in a healthcare or clinical environment or setting. The, the fashion face covering is not intended to prevent or protect any form of illness or disease or otherwise. And then the patronizing thing is that there's no better way to you know, find your fan or, you know, the, to find your fanhood than with an extensive line of like this, pro, you know, blah, blah, blah products. Bottom line, why do I even bring that up? because the manufacturer just shielded themselves from liability because if you get sick, which you know, you're gonna get sick one way or the other, whether it be the disease or you just suffocate yourself, one, you're paying to do it, two, the manufacturer has now got you know, a complete out to say, I never said it worked, I never advertised that it worked, it's just a thing that goes over your face. So understanding all three of those categories is also key to like just explaining this to people. I mean, because I mean, that's, sounds absurd when you read all of that out loud. I mean, I always joke, it's almost as if they knew they didn't want to get sued. And that's the, like the last part of it is why hasn't there been a licensed product to prevent you know, any type of airborne illness? Because you could sue the manufacturer if it failed. I mean, you know, so uh, I mean, I, I've, I've told this to people too. We, we were all browbeaten by the press over you know, the Spanish flu of 1917, yes, it's really horrible because we showed you a few pictures. And then look at these pictures, people in masks, and that was one of the keys to success. Well, well then why, oh, why didn't anyone license a mask? You know, because you could have really cornered the medical market. So you mean to tell me from basically like, you know, 103 to 105 years from then all the way to the start of the pandemic, at no point we ever license a mask for, for the influenza or any type of airborne illness? And, you know, it's like, well, why do you think that is? Because masks like this don't work for uh, stopping the spread. The FDA openly states it. So, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just it's bizarre that we even have to argue this all the time, but it's essential because that helps kind of snap people out of a lot of this. And it goes to your point reading you know, all that. And then there's the negative safety aspects to all this. So it's everybody's you know, shielded with liability, but you, the user who accepts all the risk, who basically, and, and here's the, Here's the irony. A lot of the same people that are, are, you know, there, if they're in an administrative role, a healthcare provider, and they're telling you to do it, okay, in that capacity, they have liability immunity. As the individual, you're also accepting all the risk. You go from being the individual and then the person of liability immunity at, at, at literally every, every single breath you take with a mask on. I mean, so if you suffered an injury as an individual, and that's why reaching out and letting employees and people understand that too, it gets a wide net and a wide gathering of, oh, you mean I'm, yes, and it kind of, you know, it kind of jars people. So it's, so yes, it's, you know, here, just hearing you read that is, I mean, like a lot of us are like, well, gee, who knew, who knew this would be a thing? I mean, but yeah, it's, but, but again, it's just understanding all this stuff is, has been key to making a lot of progress now. Yeah, yeah. So common, common sense is a superpower now. Hey, Mark, did you have something you wanted to add to? No, I think, John, John, you wrap up these laws and and uh, this framework and regulatory guidance so well and kind of juxtapose it with um, how they've really created this uh, and, and how it's absolutely weaponized against the individual and constantly just having to battle the propaganda that gets pushed out into people's faces and it it's 
it's truly insanity. And now, now what I've been noticing is, for whatever reason, the the masks are starting to make a comeback in my area, and there's a lot more people I observe anecdotally wearing these masks again. And I'm just, I'm just, I don't know. It's kind of bewildering. Yeah, my uh, my observation on that, Mark, is. Uh, it, it comes in waves here in Maine, but the the mask all all around has not left this state. It is a pretty heavy presence. I would say five at times, maybe ten percent of people still wearing the mask, and uh, you know that number jumps up. And my observation is what I believe is these people probably fell for every part of the mandate, which means it includes the shot. And as we know all too well these people are getting sick again and again and again. It's very sad. So I think they see the, once they get done being sick, uh, that wearing the mask is actually a protective measure. Yeah, it's like but a vicious we, cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And sad. It's very sad. And, uh, you know, here we are actually <laughs> read papers about proving the common sense, as I was calling it, common sense overlay. And there's some people that just haven't gotten out of it, out of this COVID rut. And, uh, you know, I see, at least in Maine, a 5 to 10% will never abandon this mask. I don't think yeah. they will. Yeah, and it's crazy because you bring out the, the evidence, the solid, you know, documentation that people used to stand upon. Uh, like the same people that were crying, well, show me your peer-reviewed studies are now we're showing them the pre-reviewed studies and they're still not it, it they're still not getting it like um you know and that's where god given discernment and and I just pray for these people and I pray for their children because ultimately it is the children that must be protected and prayed for um you know adults have the the option of choice and um, these children are in some bad situations uh, to where, you know, they're being forced into these products by their parents. Like my son the other day at, at his school, he was in gym class and, and this little boy, uh, he was by a little boy who had a mask on and uh, they were in gym class, you know, working out. And my son goes, you know, you, you can take that off, get some oxygen and uh, the little boy goes, no, no, I can't. And he's like, no, no, like you can, like you take it off. He's like, no, like I can't. My mom said I can't. My parents said I can't. And uh, that's just so sad, you know, so sad. The the environment the some of these kids are in with their parents, uh, hook, line, and sinker on the on the propaganda. Yeah, that's, um, you said children, it reminded me a bunch of things, Mark. Uh, when I did that mask ex experiment, at that time, it was probably like April or May of 2020, when I could see this was more about taking people's rights than actually people being sick at that moment. So I did that experiment. Plus, I took the pulse ox meter, which is that little device when you go into the doctors and you put it on your finger and it, it tests for what percent of oxygens in your blood. And so anyway, I, um, I did some tests with it where, you know, wearing masks and, and not wearing masks. And what I discovered every time I, you know, and I tend to try different masks as well. Right. So let me just work with the standard blue surgical mask that everybody's so familiar with. Uh, even when I put that on within 10 seconds, my heart rate jumped up to uh it jumped up from let's say uh 70 beats per minute to 80 or if it was 80 that morning uh it would jump up to 90 and again i did it uh several times over different days you know i was i was checking things out with it so yeah my heart rate went up 10 beats per minute within 10 seconds uh now i've heard some people actually got lower oxygen readings like percentage wise from the the pulse ox meter i never did that now I'm in pretty good shape. So that's probably why my oxygen did drop up. My heart rate went up. So which was my body was compensating for that extra uh, carbon dioxide it had to get rid of, you know. So that's what I saw there. And then also when you were when uh, we we're talking about children, 
it makes me think about uh, not too long ago, I think it was just Monday night, uh, I was at a school board meeting and we were dealing with this transgender thing that's going through the public schools right now. Well, I, I had made mention of unintended consequences and I have a second article here. I'm not going to read it, but it's a second article dealing with mice, mask-induced exhaustion syndrome, right? While this article uh, is pretty emphatic that it's long COVID it is mice, okay? And it goes on to explain that it references the same 2,168 uh, uh, studies that talk about negative consequences from the masks. But it was funny at the school board meeting when I got my opportunity to speak, I said unintended consequences. You know, if we're going to try to switch people's gender, right, what's the unintended consequence of that? I said, well, let's deal with something in, in recent history, the mask. And that's where I revealed this article. And I started to go down through some of the, you know, long COVID symptoms and started to mention how, uh, you know, authorities are admitting this was a mistake. We shouldn't have done it. And uh, you should have seen uh, the reaction on the school board members' faces and also the teachers and other people that were present. There was some pretty stern looks on the people that I would have assessed as being uh, mass supporters. Uh, no, nobody was smiling in that room, except for maybe the people that were supporting my, my, uh, me bringing it up. But again, we're, we're not even like uh, in a two-year period, we've totally switched. And, and it's getting worse for every authoritarian that enforce these things. We're finding more and more problems. And with a child, they're in development. And you're going to deprive a child while it's while he or she is developing of one of the most valuable nutrients is for the body oxygen i mean we're gonna have effects for at least a decade probably on these children that we force this on so anyway i just wanted to share that with the audience how you know some of us are still fighting uh for what is right what humanity has known, like John was saying, for a hundred years, right? We knew, we learned in the, you know, the swine, what was it, the flu of yeah, Spanish flu. Yeah, Spanish flu that mass didn't work. So here we are. John, do you have any more reactions to what Mark or I said? I mean, I mean, I mean we covered, you know, a good, yeah, I mean, a wide range of topics. I mean, I mean, it, it is, I, I, I'm appalled every time I see the things like what Mark described, which is, you know, children having parents in, or guardians that still keep them in masks. I mean, I mean, even to this day, I mean, it's like there, I'll see, you know, it, it's not as prevalent. I mean, you know, but it's still, it's, it's, it's shocking to me uh, that you would actually stunt your child's growth and development um, for, I mean, it, you know, so like Mike Mark said, what, what I try to do is you pray for all those that God's, you know, God's light reaches, you know, their hearts and is able to actually communicate with them and like, and get them, you know, like to fully understand and discern. I mean, what we can do is at least, you know, there's opportunities exist. You actually talk to them and show them these things. I mean, because I, I view it as, I mean, part of the, you know, the, like the laws are to inform people of like you know that like the risk inform people of the right to accept or refuse i mean you inform them so that they can make the decision you show them like where where it says i mean and then it's up to you now to 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 like you know, to wear or not wear this thing but it's like if you're wearing this thing you deserve to know that it the manufacturers and everyone else knows it doesn't work they openly state this so i i don't know why you continue um, and then, you know, I mean, lastly, like, you know, my, my, both my wife and I were guided by, um, you know, I, I mean, what really called out to us to, you know, go after the mask just, you know, we were always, I think we're everyone here, we, we understand that like, we always hear the, the reductionist, but it's just a mask. You can wear whatever mask you want. It's just a mask. I mean, the mask's actually a reference, uh, several times in a very, you know, very powerfully in second Corinthians chapter three. Um, and, you know, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's interesting, like, you know, when, you know, it describes like the, you know, the veils, if you actually read it, it, you know, it describes the veils over people's, you know, face and their hearts. 
I mean, and like, so it's, it's it, this will sound familiar, but, um, you know, but like, you know, so with this, like, you know, part 14, you know, but what their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same, the, the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which, which veil is done away in Christ. I mean, the veil, you know, to us represents, it represents the masks because it's something to block you know, your face and to block the light. You know, but even into, uh, unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil uh, is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now the Lord you know, is, is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord, there is liberty. So that's why the mask battle, the, the, our, the, 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 the evil people doing this, they understand all the symbology. They're trying to break our connection with God and each other. Um, so you break that, uh, you take that away. Amazingly, we start we we stop looking at each other like threats and adversaries, and you start actually opening up you know yourself to the light of God and righteousness, and that's what we're seeing here. It's God is starting to peel all this stuff back with a lot of you know a lot of our help in being steadfast and and fighting for others. That's the thing. It's fighting for others that don't know how to advocate for themselves yet uh, because of either their position or they just don't know. So that's that's what we took you know took to heart when we uh, engaged in these fights. And to and to John, your point uh, real quick before we jump off here, it, and you know, repenting, uh, repenting, and to God brings healing too. Uh, so these veils come off, these masks come off, and what people will find is uh, the healing is to begin right the healing in christ the healing in god's power you know um you know by his stripes we are healed and so i think a lot of people find that it's uh it's once that veil becomes lifted well thank you john and mark i appreciate it it was a really good show with you guys tonight and i want to thank the donors again and uh, we really appreciate the donations that you've given to us for our legal battles, our various legal fights. But you've given to America's finest. And in keeping with America's finest, we have fought for the, everybody's constitutional rights. So when you get a chance, go to www.truthforhealth.org. That's www.truthforhealth.org. Join our crusades. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts and check out our resources that we have provided uh, for medical advice to ministry help and constitutional right information. So not all leaders have become authoritarian. There's actually some good leaders out there. I'd like to take a quote from uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. He says, Mark, the COVID crisis exposed a troubling epidemic of moral cowardice in the upper ranks of our services with officers showing their willingness to sacrifice the lives, health, and personal freedoms of their soldiers. You are a casualty. Thank you for your service and your courage. Scripture says, vengeance is the Lord's. Until then, we will remain obedient and watch for the Lord Jesus Christ. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report, military segment. See you next time.